Welcome to the Leela Life Show. I'm your host, Linda Andrews, conscious coach and consultant, and I'm on a mission to bring consciousness into the modern world. Learn from my teachings, tips, and interviews so you can thrive in your life and business on your own terms. Enjoy today's episode. Be sure to leave a review and share this with a friend. Welcome to the Leela Life Show. I am your host, Linda Tate Andrews, and I have a very special guest with me today, Nick Manaki. He is CEO and co-founder of Bundle IQ and friend and great human. So welcome, Nick. <laughs> Thanks for having me back, Linda. So lots have changed since our last conversation on the Leela Life Show. Yeah, uh, everything. Literally it seems everything. Like it, yeah, except for where we live. Um, you're you're married since then. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I like your new name. Yeah. Me and your too. husband's awesome. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Lucked out. So we're gonna dive into so much, but if you remember from our last show, we talked a lot about collective intelligence. We went, I think, a bit into the ethers of just like possibility. And I think Today's show and one of the projects we're working on comes back to leadership. Uh, I think leadership is more on people's minds today than ever. So leadership. Yeah, leadership. What does leadership mean to you? I found that it's different for everyone. Yeah, when I think of leadership, immediately I think of sports and I think of like captain and I was a captain and I think of like um, what it felt like to be a leader and it felt like a level of authority. It felt like um, people would be looking at me. Uh, there's like an expectation around action, acting in some kind of way. Um, I think when I think of leadership, what's interesting today that's changed is how I notice some people like give up or askew personal responsibility because there's a leader. Mm-hmm. And I think if I were to sur- summarize somewhat of the crisis that we're in, it's a bit of that. Um, there's this like, well, what are our leaders saying? And there's so many facets to what we're in, but there's also this like truth and personal responsibility. And this is where I think the leadership starts within. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if there's any right or wrong, but in in the context of leadership, at least in in my mind, um, because like I said, it, it's kind of a different um, different scenario depending on in your instance in sports or mm-hmm. kind of wherever you may land. You know, for me in like corporate culture and working for Cox Media, you know, looking at leadership was like kind of management, mm-hmm. so to speak, a hierarchy. Yeah, like a hierarchy, and I think the reality is that leadership doesn't have. Uh, a title or a position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the case of the corporate world, we may say that you're a leader of a team, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you embody leadership. Mm. So, um, so yeah, it's interesting, you know, and, and, and from my position, uh, and you mentioned like it starts with yourself. It, it really is that like ability to empower, um, which is to instill belief that you can do something and then equip people with, with resource to achieve whatever it is that you're working towards. Yeah, this um, there's this interesting thing with the hierarchy. It's like laying paths for people. And I think that even with that, you can get lost because your personal path may not feel like it aligns with the hierarchy path. And when I was in a more corporate structure, I felt that where I'm like, well, I'm this person and this type of human and these are the next steps. And if I take that step, will I be like that person? Yeah. And then for me, that was this like misalignment or feeling of misalignment. And maybe that was short-sighted because you don't have to follow a path and be like a person, right? Yeah. But in my understanding at that time of a hierarchy, that's what it felt like. And I didn't like that. And it felt like those people sometimes weren't embodying what I felt like those levels or roles should have. And I, there was truly a lack of respect at, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So setting your sights on someone that is a position above you, so to speak, um, maybe wasn't like the the best place place to put your um, understanding of being a leader, mm-hmm. what being a leader represents. Well, and this idea of like values alignment or misalignment to me in leadership, 
it's interesting because values could be really personal. And uh, do you, yeah, they are personal. They are personal, yeah. right? So do you, and then, but there's like corporate values that right. are not so personal, right? Yeah. And then if you see leadership reflecting those, say, corporate values, question mark, is that happening? Or, or is it, are your individual values being reflected? Is that even a question that matters because it's corporate and it, you know, personal is personal. Right. But those were some of the thoughts that I would get confused in because for me, like well-being is a high value. And if I'm seeing that not reflected in leadership, it'd feel like, oh, whoa, like I'm in the wrong place. Right. But whether it was corporate or personal, that felt like such a high value that if that wasn't being demonstrated, it was like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. And that that's just one example of, I'm sure, many I could think of. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I, I don't think I, when I, well, I only, I've only had one corporate job. Um, but when I went into that position uh, and signed the paperwork, I don't think I really consider what Cox Media's values were. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the reality. If you're in a position, you know, at Morgan Stanley or, or Cox or wherever you are, that is certainly a consideration and at least an understanding because it's, if they do have corporate values, it's like the view by which they see the world Mm -hmm. and you're on the inside looking out. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And then obviously your personal values. So that, that I think what we're, or at least what I'm trying to say is that like the resonance isn't always there. Yeah, Yeah. It could be far from there. Yeah. And to say like, these are our core values as a company is one thing, but then to act in that alignment. And then if there's a uh, disconnect from personal values, like lots of resistance can start to come up. And this is interesting because there's blurred lines between say personal and professional where like some, in theory, someone's personal values shouldn't really have any effect on my ability to do my job. Mm -hmm. But I do wonder in today's world where there's such a thin line and there's so much transparency and we're seeing that reflected. We're seeing a lot of companies pressured to make statements and show up. Um, Is it all one thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, there was an example recently with Starbucks, I think. Um, Initially, they kind of came out and said you you can't wear any, um, you know, shirts or anything that had like statements uh, mm-hmm. on them. I, I think it was specifically pertaining to Black Lives Matter. To work? Yeah, in, okay. exactly. And then I think they retracted that mm-hmm. after maybe some social pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the role of social pressure as it pertains to values is really strong right now. Yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, I mean, just among your peer groups and just society in general, it's like, it's it's probably more potent and like, apparent than ever before, or at least in my lifetime, yeah. in our lifetime. Well, this is, and we've talked about this, but there's this um, interesting environment we find ourselves in where it can be challenging to have um, exploratory conversations, curious conversations that could be quite triggering. I feel like we're in a sensitivity max type of environment Anything said can be taken or twisted into a different way. Um, You know, I feel like this kicked off with COVID, right? If you started just questioning, having questions, being curious, then quickly labeled as conspiracy theorist. And it's like, wait, this is doing a huge disservice to just say, like, anyone questioning mainstream as conspiracy theorists, this actually feels really dangerous, And I understand the balance of, say, public health with curiosity. And I've been, in my opinion, quite compliant all along the way. Um, But there feels like a danger in, um, like, silencing curiosity, number one. And number two, not allowing for or creating this safe space to have those conversations. And that's something that I felt through this time sometimes challenges and especially just even at a local leadership perspective is like it it felt like it became so politicized that if you said anything you were fell into a bucket and when it was more about the curiosities and the yeah. questionings and the search for truth yeah that that resonates with me i mean curiosity is one of my core values mm-hmm. uh, and so you know being in a world where i i feel like i'm I'm in a position that I'm in now because I'm insatiably curious. I'm just like constantly trying to like 
figure things out, you know? <laughs> I have a funny curiosity story. Yesterday, I, a friend and I left the beach. She went one way, and I was like, I'm going to go the other. <laughs> and I was just like, I wonder who will get there faster. Yeah. And it wasn't competition. It was just like, this will be really good to know. And mm-hmm. then I was like, well, there's a lot of variables to this question. <laughs> and then it was like, huh. And I was like, but I just felt really free in that exploration. And that, for me, like, that's the lens I'm really operating in. Yeah. So whatever's like mainstream, like I all like truly always want to know as far the opposite, as far out as I can go just to, it's almost like a perimeter check or dog checks the perimeter, uh, yeah, right. right? Like I want to like see like, okay, like where are our bounds? And for yeah. me, that's, um, that's safety for me Yeah. is like, how far out is the possibility? Okay. Yeah. Now let's see what's going on. Yeah. There's a lot of value in, in thinking that way. Um, some of the greatest minds in history thought that way you know we probably wouldn't be sitting here with the understanding and the technology that we're using if people didn't think that way (laughs) um so yeah it's a beautiful beautiful thing um but to your point around curiosity and like the repression um or oppression of it you know and, and just our ability to to operate more independently as independent thinkers is has been challenged and it's it's i don't know i mean it I think it's stressful. (laughs) It is stressful. I think of it, I'm like, is there, if you're just, I'm going to word this without being offensive. So I'm pretty sure I will make this offensive in some way, but um, I've primed that poorly. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is that on some level, there's like safety, um, in the going along with the masses for some people. Yeah. Right? Her, and, herd mentality. Right. Herd, and then for me, it's like, for me and many others, that when I'm saying pushing the bounds and being curious, for me, that represents safety. Mm. And because it's like exploring all that is possible. And then the, the further outside of the masses, for some, represents unsafety. Yeah. Right. And for, say me, this then feels contrarian, going with the masses feels unsafe. Yeah. So then it's like this, we're all speaking the same language in opposites. And that's like the world I felt like I've lived in for the past six months. Yeah. And then navigating and being like quite PC every step of the way to avoid offensiveness. And um, there's just some thoughts that I feel like people have yet to even explore in an effort to keep themselves emotionally, psychologically safe. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting what's coming up for me in hearing you say this is like the exploration of boundaries um, and possibility mm-hmm. and opportunity and curiosity and it and it's like you're you're a pioneer. <laughs> you're like you're like a modern day pioneer. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and when you think about pioneering, like I mean, we've gone to the moon and back, we've gone to Mars now, we've gone to the depths of the sea. You know, there's a lot of things that um, we've done as a as a society and it's like what's left. Mm-hmm. And I think the pioneering is really like the cultural understanding of like the global world. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the depths of humanity at this point are really being pioneered yeah, and challenged. Pi- pioneering truth. Like that's yeah. what just came through. And it's... um. When we got back from Bali, I remember getting off the plane and like looking around and I was like, huh, this is interesting. Like for all intensive purposes, there's been the same amount of time that has passed. And like in America, we are at X and in Bali, they're at Y. And for me, it was like you hear sometimes in the spiritual communities talk about dimensions. Mm. And I was like, hmm. It feels like actually there's a multitude of dimensions happening on the physical earth right now. Yeah. And it that shifted my perception because in spirituality and this conversation of dimensions, it can be like ether- very ethereal, the unseen. And I'm like, maybe this is all very much seen. And uh, oh, Bali is like the perfect place to experience <laughs> right? that. Right. I mean, it's literally called the island of the gods. Yeah. And it's one of. I think it's the only, maybe the only or one of the only Hindu islands in all of Indonesia because it's primarily Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the largest Muslim population in, in Indonesia, or sorry, in the world. And so, yeah, I mean, like Hindu, 
religion, I think, is the oldest religion. Mm-hmm. And, it's like the beginning of time. Yeah. But this idea of like interdimensions across, say, the physical earth, um, all coexisting at the same time, all with different values, all like evolving to different places. Bali being a very big contrast from what I feel is our experience in America, uh, different values that are in that society being expressed then. And then you look here and it's like, oh, there's a bit of whether, I don't even know if it's necessarily a value crisis. I often feel like it is, but it's just like a great time to check in and say collectively, is this what we want to be experiencing? And I feel that ripple effect happening throughout the the world and uh, this pioneering for truth feels so important. And one of the things that came up very early on is the question of perception versus reality. And you have billions of people around the world perceiving reality through their own lens with respect or disrespect for others yeah. Welcome to like yeah. today, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then somewhere in there, whether you want to say reality, truth, like there, there's something there that is common amongst all of us. And how many layers of your perception are you away from truth or reality? That's a question. Um, and this idea of seeing things as they are not worse nor better than they are feels also like so important. But does one know they're in denial or in a skewed perception when they're in it? Is that, can you do that? Yeah. Without the awareness. Yeah. It's interesting you said Bali and your shirt says Bali on it too. <laughs> Repping hard. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for me, Bali represents uh, a way marker in my life um, to, to, that like it basically like allowed me to understand um, that there's so much more than like our Western eyes. Mm. And it was like the perfect place to like land in that and, and be immersed in like a, like a, a very raw and like natural world that was still like modern day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you get on a scooter in Bali, just to like paint the picture for the people that maybe haven't been there or seen that movie with Julie Roberts, um, eat, pray, love. <laughs> You know, you, you get on like a scooter and everybody rides mopeds there and like you're going through these beautiful rice like terraces and nature is like just interwoven into the landscape of, you know, life there. And it's, you know, it's not perfect by any means, you know, like we have these like perfectly paved asphalt roads and like there there's like, you know, bricks and cobblestones and stuff and like, you know, people that fall off these things into a ditch, you know, and because there's no guardrails, you know, like, um, and there was like so much beauty and just like fascination, I think with that. Um, and it was just so awe inspiring to be immersed in that. And so when you say, when you're talking about dimensions and perceptions and realities and all that kind of stuff, it like what I feel when I'm back into the United States, and I'm not saying like the United States needs to be like Bali, but what I feel is that we, at least through the lens. And we live in a very beautiful place here in West Palm beach. Um, probably, you know, it's, it's, I, I guess it is like the most tropical destination to live in, in all of the mainland United States mm-hmm. other than Hawaii. Um, so we have a lot of that appeal, but, um, it's still like very like in the box mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, and the U S represents that to me is like very like functional boxes, mm-hmm. you know, like, this is the plot of land and these are like the lines and these are like the houses and you've got three options and like, you know, it's just, and, um, and I think, you know, that's part of the reality on how we've been able to scale this, you know, this modern civilization here and, and, and reach some level of like, you know, um, higher aptitude for function and technology and education and all these other things. Um, but, uh, Bali is like perfect and doesn't have any of that. Yeah. There's you know, there's me, government problems and stuff. Yeah. But, there is some corruption. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think that when I think of Bali and think about America, I think about like in America, there became this major disconnect from nature. Big time. Major disconnect as even like humans as part of nature. Yeah. A programming through society that 
supports that. And that for me was so sad. Like I, I got back here and I was like, God, like I felt like something, somebody took something from me. It was like yeah. 33 years. I was like robbed of like, wait, we're one thing. Yeah. And certainly like Hindu and these uh, super early whether philosophy or religions that that's taught, that's experienced. And, you know, whether you're conforming to religion or not, like we are part of nature. And it feels sometimes like America just has done and continues to do everything possible to be in opposition to that. And um, in Bali, it's like you poop in the outside toilet, like, you know, not in AC enough times, (laughs) like the raw statement of the show here. (laughs) But it's like, you know, by the end of the trip, it's like, oh, this is preferred. Like, I wish every bathroom was outside. Yeah, I want to shower outside. Yeah, every every day. And, um, you know, there's just this opportunity maybe to look. And I, I think when you talk about boxes, it's like we have landed in this space where To even say like, oh, wouldn't it be great if there were only outside showers? People would be like, oh my God, that's not hygienic. That doesn't meet code. Your bathroom's (laughs) not, you know, the list goes on. And it's just like, okay. (laughs) Like, you know, I ripped out all our grass months, years ago to do all native plants. And was just like, who decided sod was like the thing, you know? And I think it's just this opportunity. How much water is required and fertilizer and all that stuff. To look at these things that have been accepted as the things whatever they are we talked about money the other day but it's just like how did we get here and is this serving us and and is this an opportunity for a complete restructuring is it regeneration and in in all of this feels like values on some level whether collective or individual um but a connection to like what do you value yeah yeah so how's that relate to leadership I think it relates to leadership by when you know this, then you're leading from this place of confidence and you're leading from a place of clarity that um, your messaging, maybe even like your leadership style, but it's just very clear. It's concise. It's effective. Uh, When there seems to be confusion or you're just misguided within yourself that to me is reflected in leadership roles and then it can feel confusing and miscommunication to those around. So to me, when you have that level of clarity and that's one of our core values within on your leadership, but it's like you show up to the tasks at hand with an effectiveness and a communication that runs so much deeper than if you don't know that, that to me is, is what that is. This, this time, um, over the last, I don't know, however many months it's been, um, starting in March, you know, going into to quarantine has allowed me slash not forced me, but like allowed me to, to basically like have a look in the mirror I say, okay, Nick, like what's, what do you want to like focus on? And, you know, we're talking about leadership right now. Like I, I would say it's, I'm definitely like a naturally born leader, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't like consciously choosing leadership mm-hmm. and you know, that may have been like from the outside looking in, you know, something that people would would say that, yeah, Nick's a leader, um, a community leader, a thought leader, that kind of stuff. But choosing leadership consciously is just a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like waking up in the morning and like putting your feet on the ground and taking the first step and actually thinking about that first step, you know, um, or taking a breath and, and, you know, likening to like meditation where it's like a conscious breath. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that's been the evolution of thinking for me um, as a result of choosing to um, participate and to create these exercises around leadership for my life. And that's how um, owning your leadership was started, which we haven't really talked about. But, um, you know, it, it was it was basically a, an accountability system for myself originally and um, created this meetup. You know, a meetup's a great tool, and it was a virtual meetup. I never thought about thinking like virtual meetups. I'd never even been to a virtual meetup. Um, but that now beca- you have. Yeah, that became like the the function for owning your leadership, uh, or that I guess the the channel rather, and uh, and just started creating these exercises. And you know, as I was home, just started really focusing. And um, you know, I've been working with a business coach off and on for seven years now, and so I tapped into 
to Peter and was like, Hey, do you want to like co-host this with me? And, um, you know, you're, you're like, he's, he's got a British accent. He's from Manchester. He just turned 75 on the 29th, a couple days ago. Uh, and he's like the, like the grandpa, you know, like you like, and you like, you listen to him talk and he asks a question and you could ask me the same question, but when he asks it, it's just like so much more powerful, you know, it's like that, um, Morgan Freeman type voice, you know, you're like, whoa, you know, what did you just say, God? Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a great journey. Uh, and I think this, this journey of, of choosing, consciously choosing leadership, uh, you mentioned clarity, um, really became like a, an opportunity to create some clarity around leadership principles, like foundational principles of leadership. And so we came up with three and that's accountability, introspection and clarity and accountability, meaning like owning it, mm-hmm. um, whatever the results are, cause like the results don't lie. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how big of a game you can talk, <laughs> Uh, introspection, which is like sitting with all of that and, you know, like that silence and like, um, deciding to like going within, yeah, go, go inside and really like be in it. And then clarity, uh, as you mentioned, is like this clear action, having an idea of like what you're going to do next. Um, and that's been really fruitful for me. Um, and, and for the group, I mean, we ended up having, I think there's 102 people on the meetup now. Wow. Um, and I think there are somewhere around 50 people that joined over a 21 week period of time. Mm-hmm. And the average like person on the call, cause we did it every Thursday at noon, um, was you. And, and I think, I think there was around 12 mm-hmm. on average, like every single week, if you were to like add it up five by whatever, 21. Um, but you, I think too, with that, like one of the biggest things I hear is the day you decided and saw yourself as a leader was a big change. It was a big change because I, I, you know, I had a couple employees working for me, and um, you know they they freaked out <laughs> because they have families mm-hmm. and like you know um, we didn't like there was no indication that like the faucet was just going to shut off in terms of their like ability to earn an income working for bundle IQ, but being the kinds of high potential earners, like these are like $200,000 a year people, you know, that have worked on like Siri and Nike plus and progressive and like these big enterprise based applications working for a startup was just like a mental, like, Nope, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm out. And so they ended up getting jobs. Um, and that was like really jarring for me because I was like, Oh God, like we're not done yet. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to rebuild the team from not from scratch, but mostly from scratch. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to like focus on leadership. Um, because it was like the mirror was like being held up. Like they don't trust that we can like make it through this really tough time. And maybe it wasn't me, maybe it was just them, but either way, I own the results of that. Well, and and I think there was something reflected, like if you were in full like leadership and knowing of like, this is going to work in that moment, maybe it would have been a different result. Like maybe we'll never know that answer. I don't think we will. No. But um, it sounds like you took it, like you don't need to know that answer. You stepped into a different way of being in that moment. And you'll probably, I'd say it's safe to say, never have that experience again in that way. Yeah, definitely not. Just that's impossible, but yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but definitely not because yeah. there's so much more clarity going into kind of the the second time around mm-hmm. um, after that lesson, and you know we've I've brought on seven new people wow. since March, and COVID was a big like factor in that because there's a lot of talent that even if they weren't let go from their job mm-hmm. uh, in like the tech in- industry, as an example, um, Eventbrite let go of like 15% of their workforce. Mm-hmm. And I had a call with the head of Eventbrite's um, what's it called? Uh, talent management mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Uh, and he like helped connect me with some people. And um, but all that to say is that if, even if you weren't let go people that were in the tech industry, um, if they've had, if they reach some level of creative confidence in terms of like they're satisfied with like what they've achieved at Google or wherever, um, they're now going, okay, I'd like to maybe diversify my mm-hmm. energy a little bit so that I can have a piece of something. And, um, 
and I don't have that now, mm-hmm. you know, and by the way, my 401k is in half, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of like, you know, emotional trauma that exists in that and they can choose that, um, choose to, to do that. And I've seen that people are like inclined to do so mm-hmm. to, to want a piece of the, the action and leave. And well, maybe if, even if it's not leave today, mm-hmm. like, like they're, they're, ro- they're creating a roadmap. Right, they're creating right, right. like an action plan. And it's almost like whether they were to, um, start something on their own or be a part of something different. Um, it, it, I, I hear and see like the complete recalibration because of the trauma. It's like this almost, I feel this kind of for everyone where it's like this ripple effect and like re recalibrate, you know, and then it's like, okay, now, and, and it's like stepping, reflating, like yeah. you deflated and now you're reflating. You're like, okay, now I'm ready to go. And uh, that could look much different. It's like, on almost a cellular level, everything changes. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So owning your leadership then became born and Nick and I have been working on this for almost that time now, four months. Yeah. Not all the way since March, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like a, in my mind, it's not like a formal sort of like anything yet. Um, but it's, it's a, like I would call it a little bit more than a passion project. Um, you know, I think about like my energy around, you know, being, you know, as a surfer and like what Surfrider Foundation has done to, you know, to create these campaigns and protect the ocean. Um, most people probably don't realize that, that rise against plastics came as a result of the surfing community. Um, you probably know that Mm -hmm. given your (laughs) surfing acumen, (laughs) um, but uh, but that's 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 been like I think something that is really clear to me is that leadership in most people's lives is not a conscious decision, mm-hmm. and choosing that um, is something that can be, um, I mean not can be it is formative. I mean it's gonna like shift everything for you. This is so interesting because if every single human steps into owning their leadership. I think in the moment that you just said what you said, I'm picturing that and I'm seeing how like parenting changes and the way you run a house changes. And this is sort of a silly example, but I sometimes don't like to clean. Okay. (laughs) And in our household and within my marriage, this can be a challenge because as a child, I would just let my mom do whatever for me and it it worked and I'd like literally manipulate. I knew what I was doing and I had my little tactics and I think that's a whole other podcast episode, (laughs) but um, I noticed some of these habits were creeping into my present day life. And it's interesting because the other day I was like, why am I, when did I get so much better at like being proactive about the trash and just like being more of a help in these different roles and I'm like, I'm owning my leadership and it's almost like hard for me to admit that because of how much is tied to the opposite, which I would on some levels even consciously choose, but uh, it's a different experience. And every time I do it, I feel so good. Yeah. I'm so proud and I'm just like, and I don't get like recognized. There's no reward. It's like an inside job. Totally. And, and I just like bringing in the trash cans and I know this is all around trash and like chores, but it, it, it truly is in this example. Uh, and even that small shift has been really life changing. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is like, you know, this is like the impact of owning your leadership. Yeah. And, um, and we will ne- maybe some people will never know, like, you know, if you, Let's say that, like, I don't know, let's say that Brendan, like, recognizes that. Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, telling his, you know, friend or coworker or something about that, right? And then, like, that just, like, is, like, the network effect of, like, owning your leadership. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's, like, you know, bragging about his wife mm-hmm. and, like, all these things. And, like, you just never know. Right. Like, you just never know what the impact is yeah. on, on you doing that. And that may be, like, a, you know, nobody else needs to necessarily, like, you know, experience the the ripple effect of like linda doing her chores (laughs) because it's such a personal thing yeah um 
but you just never know. Well, and maybe they are right now. Yeah, maybe they are right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I think those little shortfalls that we, like, I would call that a shortfall of mine. It's not something I'm proud of. Like, it's a little embarrassing. I feel truly like a teenager when I get in that mode. Yeah. And uh, for me to, like, step into the higher level of that, whether it's adult Linda or, or whatever label, quote unquote, you want to give it, it sh- I would say it's just like an example of me being more in my potential in that example. Absolutely. And so then that's rippled effect into like, I'm showing up with my assistant different and I'm leading, you know, interns different and I'm with my clients different. And so even within my own life, such a silly example becomes such a bigger example. And I think then even that ripple effect within my life is profound because certainly then if I'm showing up with all those other people differently, that, that is the ripple effect and they didn't know anything about the chores. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, oh, did you notice how I'm showing up? I started doing my chores. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so how does that relate to where we are today with COVID and with our community and our society and like, you know, the, what we see and hear on the news. And I mean, if, 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 what if all of these people were owning their leadership Mm -hmm. through the lens of accountability, Mm -hmm. like actually owning the results of their work Mm -hmm. or effort or whatever they do, the introspection, like saying, Am I the best version of myself? Mm-hmm. Is this like completely optimized? Mm-hmm. You know, is there room for, you know, a course correction, change, whatever? Um, and then the, the clarity is like deciding to invest in that new direction. And, and with the clarity, we always speak of that to the clear action. But clarity, because I'm, I'm asking myself as you're talking, I'm like, where does truth fall? Like maybe it falls in all of it. In clarity feels truth to me. Mm. And you know, you ask like, so what, what, how does all of this relate to today, COVID, all these things earlier on in COVID, I tuned in and I've shared this with you to one of our local, uh, what it was like a city commission meeting. Yeah. City commission or (laughs) which by the way, it was like all over the news. Yeah. This went viral. Yeah. It went viral. And some of the open forum went viral and I, was just literally, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is a shit show, but you know what? Like this is the time to get engaged in local politics. I'm, I'm going to start watching county commissioners meetings. And I did tune into some and I'm like, huh, something feels off here. And whether it has to do with the people is not what I'm saying. Whether it has to do with the system is part of what I'm saying. Um, And for me, I'm still landing your question of like, so now what with this? Like now, how do we show up in what feels like chaos? Like for me, it feels like there's a lot of broken systems and I don't know how to effect change to whether it's create new, regenerate from what we've had to create something different. Um, That's where I'm still exploring. I think that even like, and I'm going to go there, I'll talk about elections, like to be in 2020 and hear like that we're doing mail-in voting, I I just can't understand this. Yeah. I can't understand it. I cannot understand it. I cannot understand it. And I kind of want to like end that there, but I, I really can't. <laughs> yeah. we, we can pick it back up. But like that's one example. And so when we have technology that is continues to be on this exponential upswing and I mean like literally like Neuronet and like literally like Palantir yeah, like went public, you know. I mean there's we are beyond like mail and voting. Yeah, we are beyond that. And I it just feels <laughs> like that like that's an example where for me I'm just like, what are we really talking about? Like yeah. what is going on? And and in that it's like for me, I start to then get to personal values, uh I also I would say priorities, um, owning my my world, like whatever that is from like a time standpoint. Um but as it goes externally, I, you know, I, I don't know. I love to know. Um, for me, this presents as anger. Like, I'm just so frustrated, like, that we're talking about mail-in voting. I'm so frustrated that I'm watching a county commissioner's meeting be run this way and feel like there's such a lack of exploring curiosity from leadership, quote unquote, that it's it's like besides me, I go to almost like checkout point. Like I'm just like, call me when someone wants to be curious. Yeah. That I'll show up and like would love to facilitate that conversation. Um, maybe like in that is an answer. Like, yeah. oh, let's have some curious conversations with our local leadership. That sounds cool. Like that's interesting because 
when I have the frustration and anger, then I go to empathy and compassion. Mm -hmm. And it's like every single person, the ripple effect of that got to that place somehow in these systems, in these ways. Like, I don't think inherently it's a bad person in these roles, um, but I just want to understand more of like how we got to where we are and what can we do about that and shift now. Yeah, I mean, it's because you're conscious about your leadership, you know, Mm -hmm. and taking that first step, you know, like when your foot hits or your feet hit the ground in the morning, like you're like, oh, I'm going to do right first, not left. And that's not happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's clearly not happening. Yeah. And and I think what I've said, like, I've been able to, like, de-layer the, like, oh, that's conspiracy. It's like, I think for me, I've been able to see to the depths of the manipulation, like to the depths that the manipulation and mind control exists through technology that I'm willing to explore. Like, what could that then mean? If we know this is happening, then what could that mean? And I think that in itself is so painful for people to even digest that they're just like, no, thank you. Like, I'm, I'm not interested in going to a place where Everything that I've known as reality could be fake because of mind control and manipulation. I would rather just live life as it is. And I I do believe that that's a little bit of what we're experiencing right now. Yeah. So what if everyone decided to take a step back and like not go on Facebook, Mm -hmm. not go on Instagram, not go. I mean, that to me and like the context of if, you know, if, if not if, but like. You know, let's say that 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 similar to like a Surfrider Foundation, we had a million people that were part of owning a leadership, mm-hmm. you know, this meetup. Um, if we said, OK, guys, instead of rise against plastic, what we're going to do is like rise against addictive technology, addictive technology and whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, come up with some mind control, mind control. <laughs> yeah. So what if we said that for the next three weeks, mm-hmm. you know, four weeks, just like keep Fox off, keep CNN off, keep the news off, turn, you know, don't go online. That would, that would be like, you talk about shift. That would be insane. (laughs) Like if a million less people decided to do like, did it all at once Mm -hmm. like that? I mean, that would, I don't know. I'm really curious. That social (laughs) experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is powerful. And this idea of, um, just like in that example, right? The effects of those decisions. And um, so years ago, literally a decade ago, I would say, I was like, huh, um, something about this feels like an addiction within myself mm-hmm. relating to technology, right? Instagram's getting hot, I think, at the time. Um, the serotonin. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. just like, doom, yeah. doom, yeah. doom. Uh, at that time, I was um, like checking in around my own use of alcohol and like, huh, is this healthy? Like I was looking at a lot of these different aspects of my life and I am starting to Google tech addiction, addiction psych, uh, social media addiction, and I can't find anything. And I'm in this process introduced to Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza says, whose work I love. And um, he says, breaking the habit, the book, breaking the habit of being yourself. Mm. And I read this book. And this is how I found it was through looking for social media addiction, which there was nothing written about at the time. And that in itself changed my life. I highly recommend the book. Uh, Go out and get it today. But it was like in that moment, I'm like, huh, there's an addiction tendency. Like most people, I, I believe, I believe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Like are most people like, oh, yeah, duh, like tech's addictive. Like these are addictive technologies on purpose. Like, and I'm just in the system and like, oh yeah, I, I'm marketed too. And like, I'm targeted and like, cool. I don't know if most people are are like <laughs> thinking that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, I've seen like, I don't know. I, the data, I'd love to like have a look at the data and I don't spend much time on like some kind of have like exited the marketing world and I'm in this like full-time CEO, uh, you know, knowledge management space, Mm -hmm. which is not marketing. Um, But I would be really curious to see like the demographic profiles and the breakdowns and all this kind of stuff. I mean, you look at like TikTok and, uh, you know, just the conversation around that is super interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in China in 2017 for three weeks 
just to try, like just to basically understand or try to understand like how the Chinese operate outside of Facebook, Google, Microsoft, Dropbox, mm-hmm. like none of that. They don't use any of that stuff. Um, and I was like super curious. And that's when I learned about TikTok. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's the Chinese um, have WeChat and they have TikTok. And I'm sure there's a couple others, but mm-hmm. like TikTok was just like sort of becoming really famous mm-hmm. there. And I was like, oh, yeah, it'll be here soon. Mm-hmm. And like three years later now, you know, Trump's talking about banning TikTok and like all this other stuff. Um, you know, there's like seven U.S. companies looking to try to purchase or acquire TikTok. Um, there's like kids, you know, like learning how to dance from professional dancers so that they can do TikTok dances. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much involved in that. Um, and TikTok's probably the least of like. Uh, other than screen time, like, you know, I don't know, maybe there is, I, I, I'm not on it much, but, um, I guess there's probably ads on TikTok talking about elections and all that kind of or stuff. Or even with, I think that's the thing. It's like, whether it's ads or, you know, you see this push through say influencers where, you know, if, if I get an email today, that's like, Hey Linda, can you post with a mask on to like be pro mask and whether I'm compensated or not, like that, that, is happening that that's sending a yeah, message yeah. and so it doesn't need to be an ad it's like product placement yeah turns into a whole other conversation it's, it's a slippery slope um it is such a slippery slope <clears throat> i can't wait till the day where users like truly own like can get paid to use or like to be delivered ads at some point that'll happen. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's like this personal power, right? We're understanding how powerful, like if my brain is getting hijacked as a consumer and then I'm making decisions in my life because of that, you got to pay for that brain space. Yeah. I mean, like if you care about, let's say Lululemon and you care about Nike or something like you can say like, it's okay to like send me ads mm-hmm. um, and maybe you get, you know, half a percent on every or half yeah like a penny on every ad that's mm-hmm. delivered to you because you like choosing those brands or whatever and, and facebook's getting the other 99 cents mm-hmm. um you know instead of you like totally saying i'm never using facebook again right you know right because i'm tired of the brainwashing right you know that 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 feels like a more sustainable social media space you mm-hmm. know um because there's a lot of benefits to it you know, connecting with the people that you maybe care about on the other side of the world, like yeah. Hannah or somebody. Yeah, and yeah. I think, too, with, like, this idea of addictive technologies, like, when I say addictive technologies, I do not mean, like, and now it's all bad. Like, I don't yeah. mean that. I just think it's... It is addictive. Right, and I think it's worth being like, oh, this is addictive. Like, in the height of COVID, when my screen time's at six and a half hours, and I'm like, I don't have that much time to give, Yeah. right? And there's certainly business that's being done and work that's being done and whatever, but, like... Am I comfortable giving that much time to my phone? Yeah. And period. (laughs) Period. And is my whole work day on it? No. And I'm happy to report I'm down to four hours and 15 minutes. And certainly there's must be other things happening than me just mindlessly scrolling because I don't feel like I'm doing that at all. So like I'm, I am using my phone, but for me to say I'm not mindlessly scrolling at all and my time is four hours and 15 minutes. Yeah. What's happening in those four hours and 15 minutes? Well, you're taking notes on bundle, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this, this doesn't need to be like a conversation of good or bad within the technology space, but a willingness to say, like, what are the effects of these technologies? And am I okay with that? Yeah, I mean, it's just a cash cow. Like, I mean, you're talking like, you know, I don't even know. It's got to be over a trillion dollars in revenue mm-hmm. for probably social media ads spend. And digital, this, no, I'll say digital ad spend. But there's, and then within that, it's like, because I think, I think for better or for worse through COVID, like so much has turned into like ah conspiracy. And for me, like the reason I started seeing the censorship is all these like brilliant thought leaders within the holistic health space start getting taken offline. And I'm like, wait a second. Like I trusted that person. I followed that person. You know, you can follow one woman from the past decade who is reporting on natural health care providers with these very interesting deaths that were happening one after the other. Oh, wow. You know, whether you want to say murder, but they were being suicided, whatever. And this stuff happens. You know, I had a friend from high school work for one of the big defense companies, quit and say, if I'm dead, they killed me and was shot. Wow. 
you know, like that's Holy that crap. that was probably a decade ago now. I get the chills anytime yeah. I say that. Yeah. Like for me, that was firsthand of like this is real. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, fun, it's funny you're saying this because I've um I've been spending more time looking like doing research on government entities. Mm-hmm. I So in Bundle IQ, I have an election bundle. Mm-hmm. And I, what I did is I went and I looked at Trump's cabinet and I like put, there's like 23 members of the cabinet and I copy and pasted all their bios. Um, by the way, government websites are atrocious. <laughs> and like one of them, I think it was the FDA's website or some, maybe it was Energy or one of them, I'll, t- I'll circle back to you, didn't even load. Like it didn't even work. It like threw an error. I was like, huh, that's curious. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of... Actually, no, it was DeVos, because okay. I couldn't get DeVos's bio from the... She's education, right? I'm think, not sure. Yeah, I think it's education. Um, yeah, so you're not sure, right? So that's that's my point. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't... I don't need, Like, who who does he surround himself with? Like, I read the the book, The Fifth Risk, and it talks about, like, the um, the lackluster transition of from the Obama administration to the Trump administration in terms of, like... Um, the, the cabinet and then all of the appointees, which by the way, there's like 2000, mm-hmm. Wow, 2000 people. people. That's a lot of people like that. That's, that's a, like, that, that's not like a small company, mm-hmm. you know, to like appoint 2000 people. Um, so anyway, the, my point was like, you know, just going through and, and starting to, to make sense the best I can, you know, of the Obama cabinet, the Trump cabinet and going all the way back to the Clinton administration. And uh, and doing, you know, some fact finding and just doing some research. And then I've been um, doing a lot of research on the CIA and the FBI and, and just kind of doing, I don't know if I should be saying this. But sense making. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to make sense of things, you know, like what the hell is going, like really going on? Well, this is, for me, it's weird too, because I, um, Okay, two things. One was I curiously just started asking my friends about vaccines. Like, hey, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Have no interest in like having children tomorrow, um, but just was curious. Like, just like, oh, they're into natural health. Like, what do they do? I'm just curious. And I started hearing all these different answers. Like, we do one at a time. Um, we say, literally, pick one. Um, we have the religious exemption. And I'm like, there was a lot of shame around whatever the answers were if they weren't doing exactly what was said. And I was like, whoa, this makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't like this. This was yeah. like the bodily response. Yeah. And then on the project I was working on with co-working and wellness, at one point we're looking up uh, largest employers worldwide. Like, why not think globally? Certainly, like business has gone global. And it's like China and America's defense companies. And I was like, oh, whoa. I didn't realize that. And I don't know what I realized, but I didn't know that as a fact. And I'm just like, wow, that's a lot of money flowing to that as the biggest employer in the world. Well, I mean, the military is like in the millions, I think, right? Yeah. So so there are other defense companies? Like defense, like uh, America's, China's. And period, like yeah, they're just that whole industry, just the industry. Yeah. And, and I was just didn't know. Mm. And I'm just like, huh, like when I think of my highest values, that wouldn't be reflective in that being the biggest companies in the world. Yeah. Right. Just from my perspective. So they start just to be these curious, like, I think the thing that happens is people collectively, it's like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right. I don't need to know the 2000 appointees of Trump. It's fine. It's fine. No, totally. It's fine. And like you do just the lightest bit of digging and it's so clearly not fine. And I just think there's a personal responsibility to be curious without attachment to the answer, maybe not even having to do anything with the information, but just willing to be like, is it fine? What else is happening? Curiosity? Question mark. That's all like that, that itself, that action of being curious would yield similarly to getting off of these programs for a month. Yeah. Tremendous amounts of results. Oh, big time. Like if you could pick the most controversial thing that you get triggered by listeners, if you want to try this exercise and be willing to research it from a place of observation without attachment to the information yes you may be shocked in that exercise yeah and i feel like for myself i've been willing to go to like the depths of that just purely for curiosity zero points to prove not 
at any rallies or any, you know, I'm just curious. Yeah. And it is blown my mind. Yeah. Yeah. The exercise for me around the election was um, that there's people in every category, 23 specifically in the cabinet, um, that are, or at least that I found. I mean, maybe there's more, maybe there's less. I'm not sure, but that was what was on the okay, website. Google. <laughs> yeah. um, they, uh, they make decisions every single day. And I doubt that Trump has much like understanding of what they do every day. I don't know that Whether he, possi- he, does or that he possibly yeah. could, but either way, there's, there's people in power that other, like a lot of other people in power, um, 22,000 um, other people in power, but these 23 specifically. And uh, and I'm and I'm trying to do it. Ob- I'm trying to. I am. I, I'm doing it objectively. I'm like open minded about this. You know, I I I worked for Trump for four and a half years. Mm-hmm. Like I carried Melania's dress to her room for their wedding. Like I like oh. have an understanding of like who he is. I mean, he gave me nine hundred dollars on Christmas once, and was like, <laughs> go hand it out to the guys because there was nine of us working. Um, I've got a lot of stories. Um, but I consciously like sat at the poll and like struggled like to vote for him. And I, I didn't at that point. Cause I was like, you know, let's, even though I'm not a fan of Hillary, I'm like, let's have a female president. That'd be awesome. Um, and I just don't trust like Trump is such a narcissist. Like he's just so crazy. I can't see him being a good diplomat. Mm-hmm. That was like my decision-making mm-hmm. process when I was at the poll initially. And this time around, I'm just like, God, he proved not to be a good diplomat. Mm-hmm. Like very, at least through my lens of by which I see the world, it just not, just not like somebody that I want to represent our nation. However, and this, I was t- chatting with my girlfriend about this. I was like, I just want to look at the results. Mm-hmm. Like I want to understand the results mm-hmm. and um, forget about him for a second. Mm-hmm. Like just looking at just the results. And so that's where, that's where I've been spending a lot of time just trying to understand the results of everything (laughs) well like the results it's interesting because when you want to understand the results from the lens of like say proving that he hasn't done a great job or done a good job or not or i'm just saying you'll find often in life right we're finding what we're looking for and so when you said trying like you were trying uh, i think that was a really key word because it's like at some level can you be 100 percent objective right there are some lenses through which we filter, period. Yeah. You know, being willing to say, like, to the best that I can, like, that's important. Yeah. And I think, like, you see a lot um, within this confirmation bias. It's, like, just understanding that you may have those and what they are is a helpful exercise, right? And in Peter, you know, our, our godfather, saying, uh, who taking a look at who you've become, right? When you're taking a look at what the results show, yeah. right? Then it's like there's a level to be able to look forward through, you know, some truths that are shown or not um, with some clarity. And I think that's what that exercise may represent to you, of like looking at the results, seeing who he's become in this leadership role, or maybe not even him, like, who his presidency has become yeah. uh, is my thought to that exercise. Um, yeah, there's so much to unpack here. Yeah, there is. And we're, we're an hour we're, deep. An hour deep. <laughs> uh, how long are your podcasts normally? This is a good, we're, we're landing. Okay. I think we can land this. Yeah. Um, to me, where we'd land this is around owning your leadership. Yes. Um, so what we haven't done a plug for is owning your leadership has a formal membership and a foundational leadership course that's seven weeks long. Um, Nick and I, along with Peter and Marla, who the four of us, I think, make a very impressive bio. Uh, so you can check that out, owningyourleadership.com. All this will be at the show notes as well as Bundle IQ. But, um, you know, this... Uh, to me, more than ever, it's proven that change starts within. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a personal responsibility that we all have. And when you show up to yourself in this space, life looks a lot different. It really does. Your filters look different. Yeah. What you're looking for looks different. It does. I, I start every day right now and I say, there are so many miracles for me today. Like, let's go. Yeah. And I wasn't doing that every day of COVID, but I've gotten to this point and uh, I... I just think there there's so much 
we each have the power and ability and responsibility to step into. And I am so hopeful because when the day comes that we are all doing that to the fullest, these conversations don't even exist about like the, um, the what ifs, the, the, the conflicts like yeah. in the, in the way they do now. Yeah. Right. They're, totally. The world looks a lot different. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's real dissonance, um, between like the operations of our leaders who are not owning their leadership, mm-hmm. uh, and those that are choosing to show up to the challenge to like take the trash out. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, we inspire you all to take the trash out today. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Own your leadership. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, we'll see you on the next show. Have a beautiful day. Anything else? Thanks for having me. You got it, Nick. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Your support means the world. Please leave a review if you haven't already. Go ahead and give me a follow at underscore with underscore Linda underscore on Instagram. Join the Thrive Space free Facebook group for some awesome coaching and teachings. And always, you can check me out at lilalife.co for more resources and to connect with me. Have a beautiful day.